0: Inspire fans, and we're back with another edition of Inspire AD. It's been a while. In fact, this is the first time I'm sitting across from BIS uh, in quite some time. Usually, the way this happens is we record a bunch of episodes, and we just kind of like, like release them in dribs and drabs. Um, so that episode that we're recording right now is going to be released in a week from now. This is like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, man. We have procrastinated like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And so like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be touching on today is is probably a, a little... Uh, it's, kind of, it's, it's going to be timely. It, it's fresh. You, yeah, you're, very you're fresh. An
1: Inspire AD classic flavor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, wait, wait one second. Hold on. Hold on. Do you hear that? you hear that? That's tension. That's tension. I'm (laughs) fucking pissed at you, motherfucker. Okay. So a lot of people don't know exactly, you know, who I am as a human being, but I am a human being. I've got a personal life. I'm going, I'm going through a lot of shit right now. Let's just say, okay, I'm going through a divorce. My kids are away on summer visitation. And if you, if you actually do know me, you know that I live for my sons. One of the reasons why I even started a wrestling company was because I wanted my children to kind of be around this hyper surreal environment. I wanted them to be proud of their old man. And it was just one of those things that I I wanted to accomplish, a bucket list thing. And to be frank with you, there's nothing better than watching my kids run around a wrestling ring while I'm planning a show or something, right? Um, so I'm sitting around this week because my boys left to go visit their mother for summer vacation. And I'm, you know, just laying in bed crying, watching Unsolved Mysteries. Biss walks in the door like fucking 10 minutes ago and goes... Don't be mad at me. And you know when anybody ever prefaces something with, like, don't be mad at me? You it's know you're funny. about you're about to get fucking nuclear on, on, a, on a dude, man. I won't fucking raw dog you, motherfucker. So this guy comes in and goes, hey, man, don't be mad at me, but I went and I had dinner with Bryce Rimsburg and fucking, you know, Eddie Kingston because <laughs> AEW was in town. And it's like, you know. What the fuck, man? Why'd yeah. you call me? Why'd you call I'm not doing nothing. I, I'm a dick. Yes, you are a, I'm dick. a dick. I'm a dick. Yes. In, I'm in
1: autopilot mode because usually you're not able to do that type of stuff, but... You're right. I'm going
0: to dig. Like, this was the week that I could have gotten you out of the house. Next time, ask, asshole. I, yeah. And not only that, you know, I can drive. Uh, I can I go places. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it never I'm occurs to people that I can drive. I will get in a car and go somewhere. <laughs> you can come meet. The, yeah. Everybody's always trying to pick me up for shit. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I'm not like, fuck, I'm not fucking Miss Daisy over here. Let me fucking drive to where you are. So, yeah, I mean, did you get yeah. to go to the show? No, I
1: they did offer to
0: uh, comp me but i see i, I would have gone grow. to the show yeah, i would yeah. uh, you know they probably would have uh, hey max would you like to go to AEW and well max yeah have
1: done it yeah my fucking
0: emo ass was like yeah. uh, you know you dipshit anyway yeah no man i'm i'm pissed at you um it's well deserved this yeah. time that hurts i, I feel I'm hurt. I'm cut. i feel like a dick yes Um, You feel like a dick because you are a dick I I was, in this case I was Yes, so anyway, I'm mad at you Um and so we're starting we're starting this <laughs> off with a substantial amount of fire, you know. I'm getting over a cold, but I'm still fucking. I'm like irritated, uh, and I'm scratchy, and I got I'm, nobody's fucking calling me to do shit. And meanwhile, the guy that you know Eddie used to crash on my goddamn couch and yeah. give my kids pony rides around the house, I could have said hello to that guy and t- told him how happy I was for him. Didn't get to do that, no sirree. Yeah, whatever. You know. if if I fucking die, you probably wouldn't even fucking invite my body to the goddamn burial. Anyway, uh, so
1: I'll make sure to send out an invitation. I'll, I will cover that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, so
1: speaking of fiery, yeah, you you want to go into uh, the fireside chat with uh, Prince? Adam oh, you want to awesome. talk? You
0: okay? So you enjoyed I, I that? I really
1: enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I think if you, if you haven't, if you I don't know why you wouldn't have listened to it, but if you haven't, gone, go back and listen to the last Well, you're
0: episode. not one of those guys that seems to hang on the fire sides, but... Um, uh, i check I, them out. Yeah. It's not, you know... What it's is not you? me, so I don't listen to it right away. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it is actually really. true. You're, you're bitter. You're a bitter little troll. <laughs> um, no. but that, You're not little. You're really tall, actually.
1: Uh, <laughs> but I... I think the reason that you were interested in having Adam on was um, he's something on. that I picked up over the last couple of years, too. Very very intelligent, <clears throat> young young man, a young wicker, whippersnapper.
0: But also not afraid to say what he's thinking. Yeah. Because it's like, it, you know, if you're pissed at someone because of the way that, that they don't really fall in line with your moral compass, you're not going to really give a shit whether or not they hire you to do whatever, Yeah, you know? It, Adam was at that point... Uh, before he came on the show, where we basically both decided, well, you don't get booked at this lousy fucking place. If you say why, you're not getting booked. So, yeah. so, so fuck them. You
1: know. Yeah. Um, it, it, the point that uh, he brought up that really resonated with me was when you guys were talking about depression, and it really kind of drives home, especially in the business, but and I mean anything.
0: By the way, not depression in general. Either way, right? No, we're yeah, talking about. No, man, but we're. The, yeah, the it, Great Depression. The Great Depression, yeah. Let's be specific. So,
1: um, which, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely insane. Like, because I go back and I, I. Every show that we talk about, I watch the show back. Um, to, like, go back and see it in real time to, to fathom people being like, oh, that wasn't over. Like, it was the. It was one of the things that fucking put us on the map to begin with. But. It really um, gave me a lot of light and insight to, to like, where that kind of opinion comes from. Like, if you were in a bubble and the only thing you saw was that character, like go to get ready to go out and then come back, and you didn't, you didn't live in the um, out in the crowd, yeah, which is where, which is you have
0: to from our seat. You have to observe a crowd and how it reacts. That's why I don't give a shit when someone busts my chops, like, from the back. I really don't care because they're not buying a ticket. You know what I mean? One of the things that made me kind of just no-sell criticism wasn't necessarily because I've, I've got an ego. I don't have an ego. I have a building to fucking pay, and I have people to get in the building. And so the thing that really motivates me to do things is just watching the crowd, you know? That's why I'm also more inclined, I think, creatively to pull the trigger on things when I think that they're ripe. You see, other companies you see that they have an opportunity, and most of the time, they kind of sit there and try to milk it, and before they pull the trigger, but by yeah. that point, it's like lukewarm, you know? Well,
1: yeah, it, and I mean that—that's going to be one of our weird yin and yang things too. Is is I'm usually, I'm usually pushing to you know milk it for lack of it's not
0: necessarily to milk it for lack of a better term. Um, we try to play it out a little longer, yeah, but I, 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 I
1: play a little bit more long. Yeah, ball.
0: my my thing is is that I don't like to see the iron uh, grow cool. Yeah. I, I, I want to strike while it's like glowing yeah. red. You know, and,
1: and there's been there's been times where where that saved our ass. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly. Yeah. Um. So,
0: um. Yeah, just, well, I did th- just. I think also in an era where I think major companies milk it you know yeah. what i mean but they also have tv every week but also the thing is is that i think a lot of people who are in tune with uh with wrestling and they're watching what major companies do they're used to kind of having to kind of sit through something for so long so when you pull the trigger immediately it's almost a swerve and it almost always shocks them yeah so i mean i think surprising people is always the best thing to do and uh it
1: just it really drives home like no matter what if you're listening no matter where you are right get outside of your bubble Um, you guys talked about that a little bit um, as far as like influences and stuff too and I thought that that was um, I think there are guys that are stuck in just the business yeah but I I think there's also there is a a large group of people uh, maybe not large but there is a group of guys out there that that definitely have a little bit broadened horizon Uh, some of them may not have the taste that you like like you mentioned but like I think, I to give credit where credit is due, I've heard a lot of guys go, well, I, I, I watched this movie and I picked this up and that type of stuff. But also, that's usually like your Ricky Starks is and, and those well, types, yeah, it's you know?
0: not so much just taste. It's just, it's about not just watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, you don't just watch wrestling. You know, if it, it, to, the people that make the best art, in my opinion, are the ones that aren't strictly studying the medium that they're interested in working in. It's, yeah. it's about dragging influence for, influences from like comics, records, books, movies, TV, everything. You know, I think that's even video games, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just the world we live in it's made up of many moving parts and i think that uh the as many wrinkles as you can fold into what you're doing the more likely you are to attract a, a wide swath of different people to uh to the game man it's yeah. it's, it's it's the best way to market yourself in my opinion and, uh, to be diverse. That's a super beautiful way of saying what
1: I've always said is I'll steal from fucking anybody. Yeah, right. there like, you go. Like, um, the the more diverse what you're looking at, the less likely the people you're selling to know that you're stealing yeah. it. So.
0: I mean, I don't remember if that's I actually... My I, don't, I don't remember I said something. this on the fireside, but I was really influenced by... Um, the big daddies in Bioshock when yeah. I created the great depression yeah. and that's where Penny Lane kind of came in and was like a, the little girl character with the big daddy, you know, it was, it was, very much influenced by that. And, and it, and it definitely struck a chord, um, with people. In fact, I don't remember who it was, but there was a, a wrestling pundit with quite a ride, a wide net who, uh, called the, called the character TV ready, yeah. which I was very honored by, yeah. you know, um, um,
1: so there's also you shared an opinion, and I think I've helped like drive you into this. Yeah, and I've changed that opinion over the past year. I'm gonna preface that this before I get into this, just to give everyone the a okay and the warm and fuzzy at home. We will never run anywhere except for Austin, right? Yeah. Um. But you you talked about hey like I don't want to go to San Antonio because what San Antonio is over in San Antonio fucking sucks, right? Um, um, so this past year I saw a show um, in a very small town in Texas and um, they presented like a very athletic show which is not what you usually have in small towns. Yeah. You usually have the fucking like corny ass like here's variations of what you see on tv and i had always bought into like oh no each town has its own little flavor and all that right but that show fucking got over with that crowd like they were just happy to see wrestling so it made me start to think like is is wrestling shitty in certain towns just because what wrestling's there is shitty right if you put a good product no matter what town Would it get over? Now, you may have, like, fans in that town. Yeah. Fucking, like... That's the style that they want. But they wouldn't come to your show anyway, eventually. Yeah. So, like, I think anywhere, as long as you're presenting a good product, like... You will foster a good crowd eventually.
0: I think small towns are very much different, though, than what I was talking about. When yeah. I'm when I'm talking about San Antonio or I'm talking about Dallas, those are fairly large metropolitan areas with a big, you know, with a big bunch of people who will go to see Raw or SmackDown or whatever tends to trickle through their area. They're not hungry for entertainment, let's yeah. just say. But if you go to like some you know dirt burg those people they'll eat up anything they're you know they are the man in the desert you know who yeah. <laughs> who sees the the pork chop mirage they'll fucking leap at anything you know it, it, so to me it's it's really different i mean i personally i personally don't want to leave austin and i want to cater to the fan base we have because i'm a very i'm motivated by telling stories yeah. and you can't really do that outside <clears throat> you can do exhibition shows outside of town but i think yeah. for the most part i don't i don't ever want to be doing like the type yeah, of the shows home, the home base is Austin. Yeah, I, I never. I don't want to. I, I don't want to see what I. I don't want to do a show like the kind we saw, at like, in San Antonio when we used to drop yeah. drive down there for like the original Bow shows, yeah. which were very much just like this guy versus that guy, and it was very yeah. archetypal. But, you know, true. Tr- but
1: I, I think the point I'm trying to make is I think I think good good wrestling, no matter what the town, could eventually develop a crowd.
0: Sure. That's but it obviously still takes, yeah. It takes that's time. obviously
1: not where we want to be no, right now. No. No. But, but my mindset has changed that Hey, maybe there's not an identity in each town Maybe just whatever is there Is what they know
0: But the reality is I don't give a fuck what the Waltons want to see I'm over here in Austin doing my thing um, not, not trying to sound dismissive I'm just in a bad mood <laughs> yeah. Because of this motherfucker over here uh, Anyway, so uh, I noticed that we got uh, We've been getting uh, a lot of messages Asking us when we're going to run again Yeah, And I gotta tell you I think we would have already had a date planned uh, in spite of the fact that Austin just re-entered uh, uh, DEFCON 3 again um, due yeah, to ru- day, right? yeah rising COVID cases. Um, you know, we're still watching that kind of, kind of play out, though I think a lot of us have a lot less anxiety about it. Um, in fact, we did reach out to our venue, Blue Genie, recently about the possibility of a return date, and they – Pretty much told us to fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that, this I- is the reality. Yeah. Basically, Inspire Pro is homeless again. We <laughs> yeah. are we are the vagabond company looking for a, a port in the storm. Uh, and basically, what happened was another company came to town. And they heard that that's where you do wrestling shows. And somebody came in and bled all over the fucking place and fucking ruined it for us. That's the thing, man. Professional wrestling is so heavily stigmatized. Uh, If one company does one bad thing, if one company burns one bridge, they burn it for everybody else. And the tragic thing about this situation, too, is the company that burnt this bridge for us. They're coming back to Texas, but guess what? They ain't coming back to Austin. No. So... Well,
1: and look at look at the uh, people that they're running with. It's very inexperienced young promoters. Yeah. Like, so, which kind of makes me feel like a fucking putz for working with them in the first place,
0: right? Um, I was... Uh, for the record, I was against it from day one. Yeah. But, um, you know, no uh, one listens to me. No one calls me <laughs> about cool fucking shit going on. They just oh do it. God. They just fucking pull the trigger. <sighs> eating with Eddie Kingston and jumping in bed with these carny fuckers (laughs) from other promotions.
1: In my defense, not my idea. I just had to, once we were fucking
0: going down that journey, I had to make it make work. Right. You know what? In your defense, you know, it, it was going to happen no matter what, um, due to other individuals involved in the company. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know they fucked us. Yeah. They fucked us. They cost us the venue. You know,
1: well, and it's just the like cavalier. It reminds me of kind of like when I was at ACW and the attitude of like, oh, we're the fucking rock stars. We don't have to fucking
0: respect anything. Yeah. You know. Well, and AC- bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You. But man, you really, you really have to. I mean, ACW also had that. They had an actual music venue where a litany of. Uh, disturbing things probably occurred on a routine basis. Yeah. So, the, when they, the idea that Darren thought he was a rock star, I was like, no, man, this is already a den of inequity. You're kind of yeah. like just a, a fucking tick on the ass of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've got like bands like Watain throwing fucking cattle skulls around the fucking venue and shit. It's not, you know, black metal bands play here, fucking hardcore punk bands play here, actual drawing bands play here. They're upstairs doing God knows what, you know, you're just kind of, you're kind of just on the periphery. You're not, you're not really, you didn't like define the place as what it is, you know, but Darren never really had to contend with the buildings that we did, which almost always, I'm always like dealing with somebody who's like really fucking square. (laughs) Like I'm always dealing with some fucking tight ass, you know, and I have to put on the fucking Ward Cleaver face and, you know, be really polite and well-spoken for someone like me, you know. It's rotten, yeah.
1: but at least you can be well spoken. Yeah, I'd be over there tripping over my own fucking tongue. Like,
0: mm. That's so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I show I'm like, "Well, hey, Zippity Doodah guys, how you doing? How was your holiday? How was little Jimmy's ball game?" You know, I'm over here just like really trying to drive home. Being I'm fucking I'm not I'm not Ward. I'm Eddie Haskell. Holy shit! Anyway. um... Yeah, so we're on the hunt for yet another venue, and boy, howdy! Yeah, it's rough. We, you you figure people be hurting for money right now, man? Think, but
1: there's a date that I really love, and I'm hoping we can get. But it, it is what it is. Right? Uh, it yeah. is the venue business. Yeah. Um, we're working on it. There, there is something else coming up that we can promote. That's like semi-current, even. Oh,
0: is it the, that uh, bullshit in Houston? Oh, God damn. <laughs> You motherfucker. Uh, come on, man. I can't even go to it. You can't? No. Fuck. Yeah. The boys are with me. The boys come back. Well, I mean, that's, that's worth not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so, okay, why don't you tell the fine folks about this bullshit going on in Houston?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kiefer.
0: Fuck. Kiefer knows
1: I love him. So, yeah, uh, Kiefer um, Bartek, who um, has worked for us many times as part of the cool um, runs New Texas Pro Wrestling and they've been doing a lot of really cool stuff during the pandemic and he's organized this uh, Texas Indie Showcase um, which uh, we agreed to be a part of um, and we've got, we've got a match that will be on um, what is it? independent wrestling TV which is not our normal outlet so it's a cool thing for us to be able to to get a showcase match on there, um, and kind of tap into that like group of people because like everything's on that fucking thing now, so there's I, it, quite a bit of people. I, that
0: and watch. I don't, I don't mean to shit on it. I, I actually have my thumbprint on this a yeah. little bit uh, because uh, initially one of the things that we were going to do in terms of this match was it was basically going to be a lot of familiar faces, yeah. and I kind of, I kind of uh, pushed Bis to reach out to some new talent that have been evolving in Texas over the last year that I actually really want to see. I wanted to say like, Hey, inspire still around and we're growing with Texas wrestling. Yeah. So the match you see will feature, are we allowed to say who's in the match? Oh yet? yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. It's, it's
1: been announced. Um, yeah. Uh, big Christian Mox from Dallas will be in there. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, a small town. He's from Graham, Texas, which is where Josh Montgomery's from, yeah. which is really weird. It's this weird tie. Um, it will be chocolate poppy, who is originally from the West Coast, but is basically stationed out of uh, San Antonio now? Does a lot with heavy metal, and a young man that has really caught caught my attention. Uh, kind of undeniable that this guy has been kind of a breakout star of the uh, the pandemic era of wrestling in Texas. But uh, Johnny Bedlam, from originally from Houston, now stationed in San Antonio. Uh, so, we have a little bit of flavor from all the uh, all the major cities that all suck.
0: Right. Um, so, you know, when, when we do eventually come back, you're going to see a lot of new faces. There's a lot of really great talent coming up. <clears throat> and, you know, what's funny is, like, I had a different slate of guys that I actually wanted involved with the match. They all wound up actually being booked for uh, other, other, other companies within this event. But I don't feel like who we wound up booking was at all a come down. I honestly feel like there's just right now there is such a huge hotbed of talent that you can throw a, you can throw a, you know, a fucking net in there and you're going to, you're going to pull up, you're going to pull up gold, man. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. So pretty cool.
1: If you watch this event, you're going to, you're going to see, you know, not just the the folks in our showcase match, but there's some other folks on this event that definitely people we want to work with. Yeah. Um, Main event is uh, Brian Keith versus Davey Richards, which, speaking of fucking...
0: That's a killer match. Guys that have blown
1: up during pandemic wrestling. Brian Keith's been something else.
0: Yeah, that guy. That's a guy that I have my eyeball on hard, man. I I hope we we get to do something. Yeah, fuck it. That
1: was a name that we would always fucking bat around, and it just wouldn't be the right time. No. And, you know... Yeah. That one opportunity, you get to see somebody blow up.
0: Right, right. So, anyway... We're working on it, but it is a lot harder than you think. Yeah. So hey man, if you happen to listen to this show and you know of a building that's great or you happen to have a building that's great. How big's your backyard? No. Can you fit five hundred? No, don't no. say that. I don't Come want, on. no, I never want to do an outdoor show, guys. Oh yeah. It. Outdoors are off. Yeah, I mean I and I have uh, God. I have a ton of people suggesting weird spots. People keep going, how about the millennial youth complex on the east side? But meanwhile, I think they're <laughs> fucking smuggling cocaine stuffed pandas out of it or something. <laughs> like every time you go, like seriously, man, the lady over there, every time someone messages, messages messages her about an event, she's just like, I don't think it's right this time. You know, yeah. because it's like, look, you're an event center. You're supposed to be running films. I don't think they fucking run. They're like, You go in there and it's just like a wreck. They don't yeah. book shit. Is just tore up from the floor up. They ain't managing it. it I don't know what's going on, but I think there's definitely some blue meth coming out of the <laughs> ass hole of that fucking place. If you and it, oh, if you know anybody that's managing Millennial Youth Complex, tell them Inspire said go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, man, here we are, and you know what? Let's let's let's, uh, let's dive into this week's uh, uh, show, which brings us to. Fade to black Four. back to the future, brother. Yeah. As, as some of you may recall, the original fade to black event was a giant <laughs> piece of shit. Now it wasn't a giant piece of shit. It was, it was a, it was a main event. It was a learning curve, man. Yeah. It wasn't just a main event. That was the show that taught me how important, uh, Card placement yep. is how uh, important um, just the ebb and flow of stuff is, uh, and also just to never listen to anybody ever again. Seriously. Except for me, listen to me. Nah. <laughs> nobody, 50, nobody had my 50, back. 50, 50. Nobody had my back. Even Matt Palmer was like, I think you should do that fucking Seamus Daniel Bryan finish. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Motherfuckers over here dressed like Simon Belmont now. Um, <laughs> have you seen that shit? Matthew Palmer's oh, yes, Monster Hunter yes. gimmick. It's great.
1: It, it, did it's you great. see the, uh, the last video he put out? Yes, I did. My God. Like, you, it's not me at all, Yeah, but I fucking love
0: it. If you guys have not been keeping up with Matthew Palmer, he's doing this monster, monster Hunter gimmick right now, go watch that shit. It's hilarious. But still, the original Fade to Black, he was one of those guys. Yeah. He was one of the guys that said, Max, you don't know what you're doing. And he was wrong. Anyway, Fade to Black became this event that was symbolic of uh, my own failures, my inability to have faith in myself all, at all times going forward after that I really just kind of trusted my instincts um, in terms of card placement and if I thought if I believed in something I started to fight for it rather than just laying back and letting people kind of tell me or to what to do or push me around and so every time Fade to Black came up I always felt like I needed to kind of really do my best to continue to bury the the very first event with you know everything else that came after it every fade to black had to be real special and um there's this was a really special event it, well,
1: for it's, me it's also become our season finale right in in a weird way. Yeah, it has it, become our you know, season
0: finale. We like, usually this falls this falls around toward toward autumn. Yeah, and then we take a break and we come back with ecstasy of gold.
1: And, and that's sort of its own little. And we'll get into that yeah. next week, right? But that's sort of its yeah. own little like special.
0: It's a it's a transition transitioning shot. Yeah. You know, you you fade away, you fade to black. And, you know,
1: and some of these have been amazing cards. So mm-hmm. and this one included.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll we'll go into this. There's gonna be some shit talk in this episode. There is. There is. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, there's some stuff coming. Okay. So, yeah, like I'm I'm already pissed off. <laughs> um. So you know, I, I just wanted to get you in the right mind. I'm brain. just gonna talk shit. Like, what the fuck's gonna happen? Like, Aaron Solo is gonna knock on my door and go, "Hey, man, I saw what you fucking <laughs> fucking sit on the podcast that no one listens to." You know, Look,
1: man. As long as you. You know, I don't care. To use the right picture of them to talk shit.
0: No, not even. <laughs> so okay. Uh, at this point in time, this is really important to talk about. Presentation, visual presentation, media presentation is really important uh, when you're doing a company. And I think so many companies kind of use the same graphics, folks. They use the same pictures, the same, you know, the same photographers are kind of incestuously passed around, you know, everything kind of has the same look, everything has the same style. And so I was very adamant that from day one, we look very different in terms of our presentation. There was also the issue, though, of making sure that whatever photographs we used were sort of consistent, were of a certain quality, you know, had a, had a, had a very distinct um, quality To them,
1: and and you didn't have one high res picture and then one like blurry ass picture right next to it, and then like in between after that, yeah, yeah,
0: it's like this isn't like a fucking school cafeteria menu, okay? (laughs) So, um, which might make an interesting show post. So, like one of the things that like pissed me off was that I decided to kind of go in a different direction. I'm a huge fan of a guy by the name of Drew Struzan, and Drew Struzan is an artist who hand painted and hand drew a lot of film posters from the blockbuster era of uh mainstream film you know he like he's the guy who did the posters for star wars indiana jones a lot of john carpenter films you know everything was very hand-drawn very distinct very beautiful he also did a lot of album covers like he did album covers for alice cooper for example you know and uh i knew a guy by the name of steve rice um who did a very similar style of art. And at that time, uh, we were having a lot of trouble wrangling guys uh, into our, our little photo studio. You tell people to go get their picture taken and they wouldn't do it. And it led to us kind of struggling from event to event to have proper media, you know, representation of certain individuals. So I decided to kind of go in a very different direction where uh, we would pay Steve. Steve would basically do the poster in collaboration with me, but he would hand draw all the guys on the poster to be sort of similar to like Drew Struzen who did that. You know, he did the posters for Goonies and all kinds of other great movies. And I thought people would kind of appreciate it because it's a, it's an interesting, different style. Right. But he was always working from photo material. Even if the photo was like, Horse shit. He could get something great out of it, and it all looked consistent. That's the most important thing, okay? And um, a lot of the guys who were on our roster would love to bitch about these posters, but they never really stepped back and went, okay, well, there's a pragmatic purpose here, and these guys are really working oh, of hard. Of course not. Yeah, no. Never. Um, yeah, you know you know it's like it's like having it's like having a billion kids and someone's going to bitch about dinner you know they don't care how hard you worked um anyway this brings us <laughs> to the first <laughs> match on the card um which is Zach Taylor, who is uh, the new Inspire Pro champ at this point, uh, versus a guy by the name of Aaron Solo, who I believe has actually recently turned up on uh, AEW Dark. He was in NXT, I think, briefly. I think he did some extra work for NXT. Okay, yeah. Uh, Due to,
1: you know, if you know Aaron, obvious reasons there. Um, but yeah, he. I, I don't know if he's signed with AEW, but he's definitely doing some good was on. he was on, he was on Dark. Right. He's actually on the TV show even. Now. Oh, is he? So yeah, okay. he's he's doing consistent work. With All
0: him. right. So um, at the time, Aaron Solo was also... Uh, he had been doing a tag team um, with Ricky Starks. Um, and I have to tread lightly here. I prefer Ricky Solo. Yeah. Not Ricky and Solo, but Ricky on his own. I think Ricky is just... He's a star and... Um, Solo, I think, is a very nice... Aaron Solo is a very nice man. I think he is a good person with a good heart. Um, but I think what he did in our company didn't necessarily translate to the flavor that we wanted. And leading into this match, he did he committed a faux pas, and it really pissed me off. And it ultimately led to me not really wanting to work with him any any longer at this point. So basically, what had happened was... He went on social media after the poster was released for the event, and he basically trashed Inspire. He trashed the artist um, and was just fairly uncomplimentary. And, you know, people are yucking it up and shit, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is that he claimed he was healing, like he was being a heel. I'm just healing on you, brother. But the thing is, is that there's a way to be a heel. Burying the company that you're working for—that's just trying to promote you and, and get an event off the ground and sell tickets—and like really demeaning the company—that's not healing. That's just being a stupid cocksucker. That's basically defeating your own self-interest. If you are there to put butts in the seats, don't dissuade people from coming out and seeing the fucking show. Promote the show. Bury your opponent. Fine. I don't care. But don't talk shit on what I'm trying to pull together. You know, it's like, I mean, seriously, you have a million and one stupid assholes and they're fucking tidies telling you what to do. But rarely is the event on them. It's like they're not at the end of the night. They're not there paying the fucking. They've venue. got a guarantee. Yeah. And they want to get paid. Right. Yeah. And that's my interest. I'm not just being an egotist. I'm trying to do my best to make sure that shit was going on. I've never not paid anybody. OK, that's just never been the case. You know, I don't have that luxury. I'm not Darren Childs, apparently. I never laced up a pair of boots. I can't get away with just giving you a fucking PBR and a handshake at the end of the fucking night. Well,
1: who's giving away PBRs?
0: Oh, somebody (laughs) with a bar tab, you know, which we never had. Okay, so I'm making a point. Anyway, there are no drink tickets. Anyway, so Aaron trashes the media and trashes Inspire. And it's like... Okay, well I still got to pay you even though you're not really helping promote or yeah. push the show, well, you know.
1: It's the old it's the old thing, right? Like uh, you're being paid to at the end of the day, the the at the it's very simplest, you're being paid to bring people in to pay money to come see whatever the fuck it is that we're doing. And what you're and, doing? Yeah. Like if what you do is you fucking stick a thumb up your ass and sit in the middle of the ring and fucking fifty people will pay to come see it, uh, we're probably still not going to book it because that's not what we do. But yeah. hey, at least you're bringing people in. If what you do causes
0: ten people to not want to come see the show, then that's an issue. Basically, he I don't trashed need to us. Pay you. He trashed us. Yeah. He trashed the company. He trashed the presentation. Mm-hmm. Which you know, it's unique. It's different. But everything we have ever done is different. You know. Uh, We've been lauded for doing things uh, outside of the box, but we've also been ridiculed for not staying in the box.
1: Bro. You can't please everybody, but, and, you know. You know what? If, if you want to go to fucking Waterburger after the show and bitch and moan, and I don't have to hear it, fucking knock your sock- socks off. People
0: can bitch and moan all
1: they Whatever want. It's just want.
0: Don't go on social media and yeah. tell your fan base who you want <laughs> to buy tickets. Don't, you don't know. Come, this is yeah. second
1: rate. Don't come
0: see this. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Hey, man. Change comes from within. You know, show me that you're an asset. And then when you're an asset, you can talk to me about what I should be doing. Anyway, fuck off with all that nonsense. Get that whackness out my goddamn ear. (laughs) Zach Taylor versus Aaron Solo. Zach retains. This match is not what I wanted it to be. I thought I thought I really wanted it to kind of get off the ground and get people up. But it just it didn't happen. And so I was initially kind of flinching. But, you know, it was you know, it was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't like really up to par. And that was just, I was just cold on it. And and also I know that (laughs) sometimes people tell you people behind the scenes, people in the locker room, they tell you, Hey man, you should be working with this guy. And I remember Ricky telling me that we should be like, you know, booking solo. And I remember, uh, Stark's response to this match was less than glowing and I was just like, motherfucker, you told me to put this guy in here. <laughs> um, I had this talk, and I think we talked about it on the podcast.
1: Um, right? Don't come tell me to book your friend because he's your friend. Yeah. Tell me what they add to my show, and um, somebody did that with Ryan Davidson, which hey, fucking, you know, constantly people would be like, you should get Davidson. Why don't? And, and the only reason they would really give me is it's my boy. Ryan's my boy. You should book him. And finally I fucking somebody called me one time and I was like, God damn it. Why? What's he gonna add? And they're like, He's got five years of T V experience, he's got XYZ, you know? And I went, fine. And I think I was like, Hey, what can we do with this guy? We came up with something and look today, like he's a major
0: part of the company, right? Yeah. And major locker room leader, right? Just a great human being yeah. too. That guy, that guy's a presence, man. Um, like, I mean, I, you know, Dalton used to recommend people who were total fucking pariahs, like yeah. cancers. He'd go, "Hey, I know this fucking tumor. <laughs> like, I, well, I don't want. I please keep, please keep your fucking lymphoma up in DFW, dog. I don't fucking yeah. need that shit. But then they're like, p- there are people who are genuinely just positive to have around who add quite a bit yeah. to what you're trying to do and that shit's great to me and and Ryan was one of those yeah. guys so you know? if, if you're tra- not to say Aaron was not a cancer by any means no no and so like I don't yeah. I want to I want to state that like we're ta- yeah. we're kind of go going off on a tangent it doesn't really relate yeah. to him it's just don't trash what the fucking com- don't trash the company
1: yeah but i think also at this point it was like Aaron's here because Ricky wants Aaron here and it i think things would have gone a lot Coming into it would have been a lot better if it was like, hey, Aaron can add X, Y, Z to what you guys do. Yeah. Versus like, hey, do me a favor. If I'm doing a favor, automatically I'm on my back. No, about it. no favors, if, no if, room like, for it. If, uh, if I'm doing, if you're telling me that this person will add something to what we do. Cool. Let's fucking go. Right. So if you're out there and you're trying to help a friend out, don't present it as do me a favor. Present it as. This is what this person can add. This is where I've seen it happen. This is where you can see what I'm telling you actually in effect. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're not doing your friend any favors.
0: So up next, we have uh, a singles match featuring Cam Cole and Baby D. Um, We were going somewhere with this stuff, and I think what we did get to kind of show people was really fun. I think the original concept was that Baby D was kind of chasing cam and she had kind of a crush on him and he was not having it. And there was eventually going to be some sort of arc where baby D was getting really raked over the coals and cam was going to interfere on her behalf. But we never went in that direction because we started to kind of, we started to see cam doing other stuff and, and we wanted to do some stuff with this evolving team known as the cool that was going on in Houston. And we saw a lot of potential there. And, uh, I, I had some ideas on the horizon uh, that I think really panned out well. So, um, yeah, this match good, is fun. Good little match. Yeah, it's fun good, match. good, good comedy match. Uh, you know, Cam could play ball, but he was also really evolving and I love Cam. Cam has just a special energy and presence.
1: Baby D was somebody that I sort of wish that we had, uh, we had gotten a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, it was somebody that was brought to our attention earlier, and just the timing wasn't right. Yeah, um, always always did whatever we asked of her. Yeah, so she, she, I know she recently retired. Oh, that, I did not, she, not know that. Oh yeah, my bad, dude. Yeah, what happened? I had to break that. She she's just done over. She, she did over what it. she wanted to do. Yeah. Okay,
0: but she didn't get hurt or anything. No, no, no. Good. No, nothing okay. Like that. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Well, hi, baby D. We love yeah. you. Uh, cool. And uh, yeah. Well, let me know if she ever comes back because you know sometimes this is one of those things where retirements Ooh. don't stick
1: you, are you telling me that somebody in
0: professional wrestling would retire and then not stick to it? <laughs> yeah oh. that's the oldest gimmick in the book, brother anyway after that match, we had uh a uh, number one contendership three way for the inspire pro title and this this is a fun a fun story um In this match, we have, you know, Ashton Jacobs, Terrell Tempo, and T-Ray, who are all under the uh, management of Dan the Man. And at this point, Tempo's like chomping at the bit to get uh, a rematch against uh, Zach to get his title back. But due to his performance and, and, you know, and a recent loss, Dan has decided that maybe Tempo isn't the guy to go after the title. And so he gives an equal opportunity to the core of his stable, which includes Ashton Jacobs and and T. Ray Watford. And so basically we have this this, uh, you know, this this fun match where these guys kind of have to vie against one another, even though they're in the same fold for the uh, opportunity to go up against Zach Taylor at the next event.
1: Yeah, this is great. This is a uh, this is Dan at a, at his best. Yeah, the, the promo work to build up to this.
0: It's really like them just punishing Tempo, but Tempo yeah. just basically oh. thrashing. Yeah, yeah. the other guys. But T Ray T Ray is uh, actually showing. He shows he's at this point he's really showing me like a lot of his potential. Th- this is you know yeah
1: he's the match before this was really good for him, but this really this kind of was like here I am you know yeah um I, I can. I'm not just a tag team guy. Right? Yeah. Like, there's there's more to him. And and I guess we're probably not going to see that before the pandemic hits. But, like, if you keep up with T-Ray and what he's doing right now. You I think have.
0: you do see something later on once we move to Blue Genie. And it's yeah. a really great moment. We'll talk yep. about that when we get there. But, uh, you know, T-Ray has tremendous upside. Uh, great guy to be around. But, you know, tempo as well. Ashton. Um, recently retired, unfortunately. We yeah. had we had plans going uh, for when we came back, but we're gonna have to kind of alter stuff now. Um, but yeah, Ashton, uh, yeah, Ashton and T Ray are sort of punishing Tempo for his loss. Tempo kind of comes back. I mean, and you know, the the, the whole the, the whole arc here is basically Tempo had kind of gone down this dark path, and he's where he w- thought he wanted to be but it's just it's not what it's not really where he wanted to be. No, not at all. Um but anyway, fun match. Uh T Ray up here, which means we will see T Ray versus Zack Taylor for the title and of course, Tempo is just fuming. Yeah. All right. Um after that, we have an interesting uh match So it's a, it's a, it's the, it's a twin dragon connection title match and it's sort of the match that, um, it's, it was designed to reunify the titles if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in our company, I kind of made interesting rules for our tag belts. I wanted both belts to be fairly individual. I wanted them to be able to be defended individually. Like, say, if one guy's out of town and they can't be defended together, like, one guy can defend his belt, but he can lose his title and not necessarily lose the other belt. Uh, a lot of interesting rules here. A lot of people really love this idea. Um, it's something I've never seen. I love doing things that you've never seen. This is... The, and, and, and so in this match, we have uh, Angel Blue and steve And steve has... Uh, one of the belts. One of the belts, yeah. And uh, then we have Juicy Thunder, which is Cherry Ramones and Thunder Rosa, and, and there's another title. Yeah, Rosa has uh, the Rosa has the other belt title. Belt. Yeah, I think
1: Steve has the the red belt, and Rosa has the the blue belt at this point.
0: Yeah. So the um the concept was that they they were the last two standing in a battle royal to ch- crown new tag champs. Yeah. But they are on two totally different teams. Yep. And so basically, they're trying to for their whole team went both belts. Yeah. And uh, we knew we had lightning in a bottle. Um, we've done really good with creating tag teams. Yeah. I think starting with Controversy and Dirty Magazines with Dalton and Palmer. But Controversy was a big one for us with Tim yeah. Storm and Davey Vega. Um, and I think uh, in that lineage, uh, Cherry and Thunder were... Dude,
1: just... I mean, we knew that that's where we were going, but yeah. how quickly it got over and how special it Was right away Was shocking to me
0: Ultra baby Yeah Yeah. Ultra baby Um, People lost their minds That team You knew the minute That they came through The curtain people Were going to be up And dancing Yeah And and so that's like That's one thing You really want In an event You want to be able To kind of Get that Get that energy flowing And those guys Were just kind of A shot of adrenaline To the crowd No matter what The minute they came out Boom You know But anyway We have Uh Cherry and Thunder go over. Um, I believe at this point, uh, Angel Blue was dealing with some hell stuff. Um she was, you know, she'd been she'd been kinda She g- was hurting in, in yeah. this
1: match in particular, I yeah. think. Yeah.
0: And I think as a whole, Steve-O was never really enthusiastic about holding a tag title. Um This is this is like, you know, this isn't to throw Steve under the bus. I love Steve, but I don't think that he thought, I don't think he, I think he thought that the belt was kind of beneath him at this point. And really what I wanted was this guy who was over like gangbusters to to really put a sheen on the the belt. Yeah. He didn't really, he doesn't really get it. I, I think Steve tends to, uh, undervalue himself and, well, maybe he doesn't undervalue himself. Maybe he undervalues other roles in the company, but really I wanted him to be this guy that brought a little bit more prestige to these titles. Yeah. And he just kind of saw it as a slap in the face. That's my opinion. Yeah. He always had kind of an attitude. And instead head, of yeah.
1: bringing the belts up, he viewed it as him coming down. Yeah. And Which wasn't really wasn't, the case. Wasn't yeah. where we were going. But.
0: I mean, if you look at this, it's like, you know, you had you had Cherry, you had Thunder, you had him, you had Angel. It was a yeah. mix of good people. It was, it was, and it was over. Yeah. Like, it was huge. People loved this shit. And we but, talked
1: about it on, the, on our debut show, but, like, Angel Blue was somebody that had was around and hadn't touched Inspire and was fresh and inspired at this no. point. So it yeah. it was she got good heat.
0: Yeah. I mean we we had other plans at this point where we were going to have uh, Dalton come back and work with Steve and kind of revisit that, but I think we saw that we had this great opportunity in Thunder and Cherry and Steve was just not feeling it. And angel was hurting so we kind of had to pull the trigger here i think it was just this is one of those this the, the, the those moments where the timing was just right and we really needed to go in a different direction um from here we go into an inspire pro undefinable title uh eight-way match and uh boy this is a. Uh, this is a stacked match. Um, am, am, I, am I correct here in that this is like the first defense Delilah had back after getting injured, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. She had been off the table for a little while. Um, she is a long-reigning champ at this point, too. Yeah. Th- this match very
1: much a product of the uh, the Littest Weekend, as it was referred to <laughs> occasionally, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, where, like, all these crazy uh, names are available, right? and and we find a way to to make a lot of them work right
0: yeah we were really eager to get everybody kind of on the card and do something that would really pop the crowd this is this is basically a spot fest yeah
1: i'm going to go boring here a little bit right so you have like you know rocket boy wilson's in town because we have three different shows on the same weekend right right so that's awesome b-boys working all the shows which is it's cool to have b-boy who's just a legend as far as independent wrestling of course, Doom has the history. Um We have Shotzi. Shotzi's how crazy was it that like Shotzi Blackheart was like, Hey Sabotage, hey, we're bringing Shotzi and you wanna find a spot for her? Yeah, we'll we'll find something. Yeah. Like, that's so awesome. Um and then like Alley Cat's basically local at this point, which is weird looking back like how long it feels like she's been gone.
0: Then we have Alley Cat. Um <clears throat> this was interesting. At the time, I believe she was dating MJF.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, Allie, who, you know, is from Texas, had a recent death in the family. And Max had asked if we could find a way to get her here because she, she, you know, she was not doing well, you know, yeah. emotionally. So we decided to kind of like uh, put her on the card, which got her here to be with her family. And it was also kind of cool to see her again because yeah.
1: we hadn't seen her in a while. She moved off to the East Coast. Yeah, she'd been <clears throat> in St. Louis and then very quickly over to... Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. They don't live there anymore. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And we had Raza Clark on the card here. This is her debut, right? Yeah. Her and Jenna Lynn are <laughs> debuting in this,
1: mm-hmm. this craziness.
0: Yeah. This match was nuts, but it was just one of those matches where it's just like boom, 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 boom. boom. Spot, 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 spot. But it was... It's not technical wrestling, yeah, but it's a lot of fucking fun. So, it's it's a big it's a big splash page, if you will. If you know comic fans know what a splash page yeah. is, it's that it's that double page yeah. where you just see a bunch of fucking chaos erupting, and that's what this was. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was a lot of fun. There was some comedy, but it also you know it put, it put a shine back on Delilah and brought her back in a big way. And there's one name that we we didn't mention. Uh, oh, old Eli oh. Everfly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I'm going to say this. Um <clears throat> there've been a few times when people show up to the building and I'm just ready to I'm ready. <laughs> you know? Um there have been a I don't even want to say a snafu. Um Yeah, it
1: was it was basic traveling 101.
0: Yeah. Um so you know, we'd taken care of their hotels and and I believe uh Eli's room wasn't ready yet or something like that? Something along those lines. It was something something real like Penny any bullshit, but um, the room was not ready yet. It it was not even on a night that was our night, because Eli was in town from another show. I I had heard rumblings from up north that he had been actually incredibly difficult at another show up north, and then he got here that night, and the room, I don't believe, was ready, and then he fucking tried to hold up TJ for like a hundred and something bucks. Pain and suffering for his, money for, or Yeah, pain and suffering money Like he asked TJ He said, no, I'm going to need an extra Because my room wasn't ready Like pain and suffering money And so I'm sitting here going I'm pissed I actually wanted to kick him off the card When I heard that TJ was like, nah, 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 nah I'm like, I got nothing for this guy Like no yeah. regard when he came to the show, he was really sweet, <laughs> but, but like, I was ready. Well, I was we like, I like, yeah, we had heard the wrong no, I was, I was ready to be like, I'm going to fucking hit this motherfucker yeah. with a table. I was fucking fuming, yeah. but then he was like really nice. Yeah. Um, but still i had heard from a bunch of other people that they didn't want him back. Yeah. Like, you know, I heard, I, you know, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, yeah. but I remember hearing some fairly negative, uh, things from, from other people all throughout that weekend I will say that he gave me no reason to be <laughs> mad at him other than his interaction with TJ which I thought was the biggest prima donna <laughs> pile of shit I've ever fucking heard like pain and suffering you know like have a and a smile and shut the fuck up Bro, as Richard you're, Pryor you're says you know four foot
1: ten like what yeah, the fuck
0: yeah dude like I mean, even still, small or not small, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. It's just the attitude. Shit happens, you know. This business is is hard. Sometimes shit, bad shit happens. Sometimes things fall through the cracks, you know. <clears throat> just because a, a hotel made a snafu. Yeah, or did they? Who fucking cares? Yeah. You know, you you know, if he'd been like, hey man, I don't know what to do, I'd have said, oh, why don't you come over here and play some video games or pinball or something you know yeah i'm like, gonna we could have had a good time and like yeah. you know you people who don't want to have a good time doing this shit are just not gonna have a good time yeah just that you'll attitude. find a way to be miserable. yeah the fucking attitude the fucking entitlement just yeah. like fucking gross dude I de- i've dealt with that shit for years being in music business and it's just i don't know i'm maybe i'm just too old he didn't even have a cobra mask come on man no chill out anyway Uh, you know Delilah retains yeah that's the important thing and it's cool looking back it's a fun match it's a fun match It's it's a good match uh, and this leads into what we typically refer to as abyss match. Uh, abyss match. Abyss not match. Abyss. No, not the, the abyss. Ab- no, no, the abyss. The bis. abyss. Justin Bissonette. It's a Texas <laughs> bull rope match, uh, and this is kind of going back to something that we had started to build months ago. Yeah. But then we had a problem. You know, Tim. Tim Storm who was in this match was doing some stuff with the NWA. And then we also had Ryan Davidson, who'd gone off and done some stuff like, wasn't in he in Japan? Japan, uh, Osaka pro. Yeah. yeah. We we actually really had this like really ornate, <laughs> long running feud planned for these two, because we just thought, oh man, this is just, this is gold. Yeah. You know, this is the golden horns here. Like this is going to be, a uh, uh, you know, just a, a fucking match of idols. And we didn't necessarily get to have it go off like we wanted it to. Um, It was kind of like,
1: okay, let's,
0: we need to do
1: this or else there may not be another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We really wanted to create kind of like a passing of the torch moment because Ryan had had a lot of losses and we wanted to kind of build up that frustration. And we really intended to do do something where we would, uh, we would have Ryan, kind of make a vi at being a face a little bit yeah yeah, a little bit like he's a guy who's easy to to cheer because he's great in the ring and he has a great personality and he's very very much larger than life and I thought after taking so many hits and 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 so many beatings that you know this was his this was his time you know we really wanted a passing the torch moment here too you know uh, Ryan of course goes over and Tim gives him this kind of you you made it kid you know kind of speech and uh we we uh man ryan's schedule has always been kind of difficult to book around so we didn't even necessarily get to follow up on this either but still you know we ryan is somebody that we love uh but man independent wrestling as people say it's hard to maintain ongoing storylines so looking back at how these shows worked, looking back at venue uncertainty, looking back at all the opportunities that these guys have outside of these companies. It really is a major miracle that we actually pulled off as many of the long term angles as we did. So, you know, we get to kind of fluff our own dick here, you know, like, yeah, we did this and it's, wow, I can't believe we did this. And I
1: think too, if you think about it, like not to like go off on a tangent, but I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent here. Um, You really just have to cast as many fucking nets as you can, right? Yeah. And, like, when they pay off, it's going to be great. Yeah. And the cool thing, like, don't tell anybody this. I hope it's not being recorded for, like, internet fucking consumption or anything. But if the cast doesn't work, we usually find something cool to, like, divert off of. So, like, it's people are like, oh, you can't tell long-term stories in the indies. It's not worth it. Well like, kind of fuck you because even when it doesn't work history it works is out history. For us. So history like, history yeah. is history.
0: It's all about the topography, even if you just end up with this kind of like yeah. one minor moment, it's something that sometimes you can go back and revisit. So, yeah. you know those people are wrong and it's you know what, man? Fuck it. It's always worth trying. It's always yeah. worth the fight. Anyway. Yeah. Holy shit. We've arrived at a, 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 an incredible moment on this card uh, for the Inspire Pro Pure Prestige Title uh, uh, Contendership with Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara.
1: Known ratings draw, Ricky Starks.
0: Insane. This match was. This match is insane. This is like Ricky is on this trajectory where he is just match after match after match, like just producing some of the best personally live work I've seen yeah. uh, on the indies but not just the indies just yeah. wrestling in general this guy I mean it was apparent to us even at that point that this dude is a star even in AEW right now yeah I'm happy he's there but this guy's gonna do way more in that yeah, yeah. company in the years it, and to come you're gonna was, see it this was
1: that point in time where it was really like it was stupid that he wasn't everywhere yeah you know what I mean and um this this originally remember was the three-way with ACA so yeah I'm almost happy that like so, ACH had to go complete some uh, bookings with um, the little company called New Japan for wrestling. Yeah. Um, But, like, I'm really happy that it worked out this way because the one-on-one is, is amazing. Yeah. Like, um, Ricky's, like, for our own, people are going to look at this at face value and go, oh, my God, it's the two guys that made it to AEW wrestling. But, like, for us... This was a big fucking story
0: in Inspire. Yeah, like this they'd was... had interaction before this yeah. too. This is not the first time that they met. They'd had other interactions within the context of this company, and so in in some in some in the same breath, this was kind of like a, a, a rematch or revisiting some other stuff that they'd done.
1: Th- you know, this is Ricky like putting a, a a you know a pin in the feud and like kind of winning the feud. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a big deal um, for us.
0: But this match is just yeah. I mean, top top tier, these just insane. Two. Just and this match, man, really fucking exhausted the crowd because everybody was everybody was on their feet, everybody yeah. was invested. Also, another wrinkle to this that make that made like uh, gave me chills was Sammy walking out with the AAA belt. Yeah, which was just a holy shit moment. I didn't expect it. It was it was it was tantamount to me to because like if you know if you're just a wrestling fan when you see a title. Uh, From that platform From that level On your show That's a big deal It's kind of like When Tim walked out With the NWA belt Yeah It was just wild to me and so that was a that was a huge moment. It it, it gave it, it automatically to me in a weird way. Elevated the match, even if the title wasn't on the line. You had triple A championship talent yeah. walking through our curtain. And this match, you can find this match on YouTube. I yeah. recommend I recommend seeking it out and watching it. But Jesus Christ, yeah. You know this. And I, I, you know what, I would take this match and stack it up on uh, uh, up against anything you see on AEW today. It's it's really that phenomenal, but yeah, this is a this is a gem in our crown. If I had to pick five matches that were you know exemplary, this would easily be one of them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah this this is this is a Mount Rushmore
0: match. Yeah. Right? Um, and after this, we have. Uh, this is a great match, and it plants seeds, it primes a lot of storylines that will be emerging. In the next year. Uh, and this, of course, is the annual Lawless Darkness match. And uh, this is a six-way ladder match. <clears throat> uh, for those unfamiliar, the Lawless Darkness is a uh, privilege, which I designed uh, to be won in a, in a tournament-style battle with one crowning main event where uh, whoever wins the Lawless Darkness badge... Uh, gets to flaunt the rules for the term of one year, which may, which means like there are no rope breaks. You don't really have to listen to the ref. You can cheat your way through stuff. And it was really meant to kind of challenge a lot of characters. It was really something that would encourage character-building moments. Some people, when they have ultimate power, will become corrupted. Some people will use it for uh, the betterment of their world. Um, and really, that's what I was going for. Unfortunately, very few people ever really understood, after they won it, where they were supposed to go with it. Cody did a little bit, but it kind of got away from him.
1: Yeah, well, and we'll get into some of it. Yeah. Right? We kind of directed a lot of the story stuff for yeah. it. Yeah. And then,
0: yeah. Yeah. We still haven't gotten to do, like, in, for me, the ultimate Lawless Darkness storyline, but I really hope that going forward we get to do some cool stuff with it because when Inspire comes back, Lawless Darkness is coming back in a huge way yeah. and in fact it's going to be getting a title treatment there will be a Lawless Darkness title belt so yeah we're going to have a million fucking titles I don't give a shit because <laughs> everybody loves belts motherfuckers anyway this Calm match down, showtime. Calm n- down. no man don't, <laughs> don't you dare um, this match is just man it is loaded it's a fun fucking match um, so here we have Andy Dalton Jay Sirius, MJF, Cody Lane, Marco Stunt, and Ethan Price. Um, And all of these guys are used uh, and spotlighted to their specific advantages. And a lot of people... um, we're terrified here that
1: MJF was going to win. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very intertwined too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's like, a lot of storylines kind of. There's J. Serious and MJF at yeah. this point who are, are kinda, who are not getting along. They're, they're, they're feuding they're at this feuding, point. They're feuding. Yeah. Um. You have Cody and Ethan in the same match.
0: Who are in? Uh, who are the Super Academia yep. guys? Basically trained by ACH. These guys, for all intents and purposes, are like brothers. Okay. <laughs> You have Andy Dalton, who was the
1: previous Lawless Darkness. Right? Trying
0: to retain it. Yeah. Trying to retain the, the, the honor of being able to cheat his way through anything. <laughs> and then you have Marco Stunt, who's just like blown up yeah. on the scene.
1: And also has broken ribs. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's adorable. He's like a human lawn dart. He, he, uh, he walked in and I thought he was Angus Young for a second. I was like, wait.
0: He kind of has that vibe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the story here is that uh, Jay Sirius and MJF are kind of beefing and um we have what is just a beautiful moment where you have Cody Lane and MJF you know and we really do this this great uh, amount of interaction between uh Cody and MJF that really elevates Cody i think they're on top of the ladder and uh MJF and Cody are warring and basically Ethan throws himself on the grenade and helps Cody get the win, which yep. is the ultimate sacrifice a brother can make for another brother, you know? And that's really a huge thing that we kind of, like, plant seed-wise in terms of the story, you know? Cody steps up uh, and grabs the, the badge and becomes the new lawless darkness uh, uh, champion, so to speak. He's the, he holds the, the, the distinction. And the match, is, man, the match itself is a lot of fun. It's it's just, it's it's very story-based. Yeah. Um. I think one of the things that I really love about our company is that we've done a lot of great stuff with ladders that isn't just necessarily spot, spot, spot. The ladder stuff is always usually kind of worked up to. Yeah. And I know that in this match, there was some trepidation uh, uh, on MJF's part. Yeah. Where he was very, he didn't want to do anything super crazy because he had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You know?
1: To, he had to be... Extremely careful.
0: He was doing stuff in AAA. (laughs) He was doing stuff with AEW. And so he didn't want to do anything that was going to like take him off the table, like potentially like harm him. And so, by all means, I think that was a great idea. But we've never really had ladder matches that I think were just a clusterfuck of guys beating the shit out of each other. Yeah.
1: Well, what's funny, like, I think there's a stat like the big.
0: We built to the spots. You know,
1: the New York territory, brother, had like 22 ladder matches in a year. Yeah. Right? And people are like, oh, it's overdone. Well, yeah, because it's the same boring ass fucking ladder match over and over again. Yeah. Like when you put, I love this. I love this match because you have people who are psychology first people in this environment. Right. Like, I'll get I'll get bullshit about the deathmatch shit from time to time. Right. Well, like I don't want to put two meth heads out there fucking fighting over the fucking last PBR if we can just shit on PBR a little bit extra. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you want guys that go okay. Like, this is the psychology of what's going on. I'm going to have a wrestling match. And then at the crescendo is when all the fucking gimmicks. But
0: all of our, all of wrestling. our, and all of our ladder matches have yeah. essentially been the ladder is there yeah. or the ladders in the corner. We always build up two spots. We don't just go out there and have people throwing ladders here, at each other. Here we go. Here, here yeah. Here's the firework. The very, no. the very first ladder match that, that we did was with Sammy. Ricky and Barrett Brown oh. and it's not just a crazy amount of ladders thrown at people they really built to those spots and so like when those spots kind of go off it's like the big the big uh, finale of the fireworks yeah, show you know absolutely. there's a big an ooh and awe. it's not just like desensitizing yeah. the audience to it and we haven't really done that many mat- ladder matches. No. So. so they've
1: always been special and I think we've, we've oh, although throwing young Sammy and and into a ladder match is is very spotrific, but like it was under control because you had Ricky and you had Barrett who are very, very psychology based in there, right? So there's always been that base of pro wrestling and, and psychology, and like this, this is going to make sense and build. It's not just going to be in your face like here's a it's it's never
0: going to be a clusterfuck. Nope, you know? not at all. But um, this was this was a good card. Uh, it was a little packed, to the gills. I admit that it was eventful. Uh, this this was a struggle. This whole card was a struggle, just because, like I said, you know, we'd had people kind of coming, kind of going. But we we presented a card that I think had really good wrestling, and um, on a card that featured Sammy and Ricky one on one, the latter match still managed to stand out as a great win yeah. event, which is I think which is it, it was a challenge. Well, we did it yeah and so
1: then, then you get the best of both right? yeah
0: so anyway great card um good to be back it's been a while yeah anyway yeah uh yeah man hope you guys enjoyed uh today's segment uh if you have any questions hit me up at max.dropout at gmail.com we're happy to answer any questions uh until next time we're, we're just going to sit here until next <laughs> time. We're going to sit here for a week straight. Anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. See you see next week.